Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for another Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 211, Hurricane Prep Week, recorded live on Thursday, May 7th, 2020. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Bobby Graves, KB5HAV, Julio Ripal, WD4R, Rob Macedo, KD1CY, and Lloyd Colston, KC5FM. And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week, Tim Duffy, K3LR, was here to talk about Contest University Online and also the Hamvention QSO party taking place next week. So uh, if you missed the show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, or you can catch the rebroadcast on WTWW, 5085 a.m. Saturday evenings at about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, I want to give a shout-out here. Congratulations to Tyler Wilbanks, N7TMW. He graduated from uh, Pearl River Community College, and uh, that's in computer networking, and he was the original hammy. The, the hammy mascot at Dayton uh, a few years ago when we started doing that, and the son of Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. So congratulations to Tyler, and uh, he's going to be looking for an IT job pretty soon here. So um, we'll get back to the Skywarn stuff here. Uh, we'll get your questions ready to go if you're listening to us live on Thursday night. You can give us a call during the interview segment. I'll go ahead and give you the number so you can have it ready to go, but we'll talk to all of these guys first. The number is 859-982-7373. Again, 859-982-7373. You can also tweet us at HamTalkLive on Twitter. And if you're on Spreaker, you can type in the comments, and that'll pop up here on the screen. Looks like I've got some catching up to do with that already. So looks like we've got a got a crowd in on Spreaker tonight. So we'll be back and talk Skywarn right after this word from Icom America right here on Ham Talk Live. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilogram or just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz and a large 4.3 inch color touch screen with live band scope and waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a battery, 10 watts with a power supply. It has sideband, CW, AM, FM and full D-Star functions, a micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, 
micro SD card slot, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, and the speaker mic comes standard and supports QRP operations. The perfect accessory for your IC705 is the optional backpack, LC192, with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. Ham Talk Live is on your side with traffic and weather together on the 8s. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. ICOM America is online at icomamerica.com slash amateur. Be sure to check them out. Tonight we have some uh, Skywarn stuff to talk about, and uh, specifically hurricanes, because that season is uh, is upon us here soon. So uh, we have our, our usual cast of... Uh, of Skywarn folks and uh, and a newbie tonight. So, uh, Bobby Graves, uh, KB5HAV, is the net manager for the Hurricane Watch Net. He's been in that position since 2013, and he's in Brandon, Mississippi. Our, our new guest is Julio Ripal, WD4R, the assistant coordinator for WX4NHC. That's the National Hurricane Center amateur radio station, and he is in Miami, Florida. Rob Macedo, KD1CY, is the director of operations for the Voice Over IP or VoIP Hurricane Net. Since 2004, he's also been involved with the VoIP Skywarn and Hurricane Net that supports the National Hurricane Center station, WX4NHC. And Rob is in New Bedford, Massachusetts. And finally, Lloyd Colston, KC5FM, is the public information officer for the VoIP Hurricane Net. And he's been a net control for that net since 2004. And he is in Newkirk, Oklahoma. So, gentlemen, welcome back to the show. And Julio, welcome to the show for the first time. All right. Thank you very much, Neil. Well, we've we've got four of you here, so so uh, we're, you're each going to get a little piece of this here uh, at the beginning, and and we're going to start off with Lloyd, um, who actually reminded me that it was Hurricane Preparedness Week and, and all that kind of stuff, and so uh, Lloyd, we we want you to talk a little bit about Hurricane Preparedness Week and uh, Weather Observer Day was on Monday, so. Um, Let's let's talk a little bit about that and what people should do to be prepared for a hurricane. Well, first, thanks for having me on the, the program tonight. Uh, it is important to be prepared for hurricanes and, in fact, all weather events, be they flood, flash flood, tornadoes, uh, winter storm, you name it, need to be prepared for it. Uh, I want to thank all the volunteers uh for all the Skywarn programs across the United States and uh, Canwarn in Canada, uh, United Kingdom has Skywarn, Denmark, uh, not Denmark, Germany has Skywarn. So thanks all the uh, weather observers. Their day was Monday, Weather Observers Day, and Skywarn is one of the premier weather observing programs for the National Weather Service um, in the United States. Uh, why is it important that we have this? Because radar doesn't see in, um, the ground level in uh, Newkirk, Oklahoma. It's only going to see about 2,000 feet up in the sky. And there's a lot that can happen between 2,000 feet and the ground. That's why you need to have uh, spotters on the ground, spotters on the coast, uh, trained by the National Weather Service to give those reports to the local weather forecast office and the National Hurricane Center. So thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for being part of Skywarn. All right. And now, you know, here in here in Bloomington, Indiana, I, I, I'm not too worried about hurricanes. <laughs> but th- those of you who are on the coastlines, which most of you are, uh, 
have to have to worry about these coming up. So, uh, Lloyd, do you have any anything that that we just need to make sure that spotters are, are aware of in in these kinds of things, or even in just localized flooding? Well, hurricanes are a a major event. Uh, especially in metropolitan areas and in low-lying areas, because not only do hurricanes produce the winds that come with hurricanes, they also produce the flooding that comes with hurricanes. They also generate tornadoes that come with hurricanes. And so there's a plethora of weather events all going on at the same time regard with a hurricane. So the National Weather Service and the National Hurricane Center need ground truth intelligence supplied by train spotters in the field that will give um, the, the the people that have the buttons that they can push to issue the warnings for the general population. They need that information. And Julio will tell you that they rely on a number of communication streams, including Hurricane WatchNet, including the national, uh, the Skywarn uh, uh, VOIP WeatherNet. So there's a lot of ground truth intelligence that can be attracted, even uh, automatic packet reporting system. We monitor that for um, where's the power still on uh, in a uh, landfalling hurricane. Uh, I never thought about that, but that would uh, that would definitely uh, give you some data to go from. Well, uh, let's switch over to Julio, actually. And this is the 40th anniversary of the amateur radio station at the National Hurricane Center, and the call sign now is WX4NHC, and you helped set this station up, so tell us a little bit about the station and the uh, anniversary celebration that's going on this year, or lack thereof, as it may be. All right, thank you very much, Neil, and uh, good evening evening everybody from miami and uh, i'm julio a whiskey delta four romeo and uh, we started uh, our station at the hurricane center wx4 nhc in 1980 uh welcome aboard by dr neil frank uh, who was the director at the time because he wanted hams to be able to talk to the caribbean because uh, at that time in 1980 every time the weather got bad they lost all communications to all the caribbean islands and we were the only thing left standing and, and talking to each other. And our first hurricane and my first experience there to summer of 1980 was Hurricane Allen, which hit St. Lucia. And we were there for three weeks straight, 24 hours a day, as uh, Hurricane Allen tracked through St. Lucia, destroyed that island, and then eventually hit uh, Brownsville, Texas, believe it or not. That was an incredible experience. Luckily, uh, I was a student at UM across the street, uh, so I would just walk across the street from my dormitory with a Yezu FT-101 in a cardboard box and a wire antenna, and that's how our humble beginning started. Now we have a super-duper station with uh, some of the latest Yezu equipment. We have a Yezu FT uh, DX1200, another couple Yezus, and an amplifier, and seven antennas on the roof. Uh, and we have everything that you can imagine as far as digital modes and APRS and VOIP and IRLP and so forth and so on. So we're very lucky about that. Uh, right now, we're currently around 16 operators that are 12 uh, trained and vetted and security checked uh, to work inside the Hurricane Center. Uh, we've worked over 100 hurricanes uh, since then. Um, and uh, surface reports are incredibly important. They fill in all the gaps between what we get from uh, the satellites, uh, radar, and, and air reconnaissance. Uh, and so many times has affected their forecast. And I'll just give you one of the latest examples was Hurricane Dorian last year when it went and sat over um, the Abacos in the Bahamas. And we had one hand that was able to stay on board with us until landfall. That was Chris C- C6AID, uh, Chris Purit in uh, Hopetown, Elbow Key. And uh, they, uh, the only information that we were getting was through him. Everything else was out completely. And, you know, that hurricane was a Cat 5 hurricane, stayed over them for more than a day. And uh, I remember talking with Chris, and I said, what What are you doing, Chris? You know, he uh, owns some uh, sailboat uh, and uh, 
boat charter business there, and he says we got everyone off their sailboats onto the island, about 300 people. Uh, they're all sheltering in private homes, and we have several in my home that – and I said, Chris, I said, what's – what's the elevation of your house? He said, about 15 feet above sea level. I said, well, storm surge is 15 to 20 feet plus waves. And his last report was the winds were blowing over 100 miles per hour and the trees are falling. And we didn't hear anything back for days from him. And we were so worried because we saw some of the uh, pictures coming back of the island flattened. And uh, Chris and his wife, Jill, survived, thank God. But one of the last reports we got was Hope Town is gone. And those are the reports that fill in and they, they give it a human aspect instead of all the technical data of the barometric pressure and the winds, et cetera, et cetera. It gives it that human connection. And a lot of the forecasters love that because it acknowledges what they predicted and then the people in the public can relate to it. You tell someone that the barometric pressure is 923 millibars, they're not going to understand beans about that. But when they say someone on the island saw three houses just south of him move from their foundation or lying in the middle of the street, now they can picture what's going on over there. So that that's a, a quickie from me, uh, Neil. Over. Yeah, well said. And, you know, having the, the eyes on the ground is always – you know, kind of the forefront of, of Skywarn, and and you've had forty years of this, but you know, I guess the, the anniversary celebration was was kind of uh, cut short. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, we had a lot of plans for the National Hurricane Conference in Orlando, and that was canceled because of the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, there, we're in talks right now about doing some kind of a webinar. Uh, you know, and we're trying to put together our amateur radio workshop, which we've done before for the ARRL, and try to get something going, uh, you know, maybe by the end of this month. But uh, the plans are still pre- preliminary. Okay, very good. Well, we'll be listening for that. Um, let's go over to Bobby. Uh, now, Bobby, you're uh, the net manager for the Hurricane Watch Net, and you've got a, a big anniversary this year, so... So tell us a little bit about that. Well, first off, uh, Neil, thanks for uh, having me on uh, again this year. It's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, uh, Hurricane Washington has been around for 55 years. Uh, it was originally founded by Jerry Murphy, uh, K-A-Y-U-W, uh, who's still with us uh, after all these years. Uh, he still lives in the Cleveland, Ohio area. And, of course, our net was uh, founded during uh, Hurricane Betsy on Labor Day weekend back in 1965. And, uh, you know, who would have thought after 55 years, Hurricane Washington would still be around? Um, uh, we're looking at doing some type of on-air celebration like we did for our 50th anniversary back, at, back in 2015. We haven't iron, ironed out the details just yet, but um, uh, we're still looking at doing something like that. Uh, like Julio said, we was, uh, we was trying to maybe even do something at the National Hurricane Conference, but uh, COVID-19 got in the way, so we know what all happened there. But uh uh, but still, you, you think, well, you know, it's am, uh, we're amateur radio net. You know, uh, why after 55 years are we still relevant? I mean, when you look at all the fancy technology that's come along over the past 55 years, like the, the new high-definition satellite imagery, which is absolutely awesome, giving us fantastic pictures. We've got the Doppler radar that's constantly improving with the, the satellite, uh, with the software they keep using. Uh, but like uh, Lloyd said, you know, it's looking up in the atmosphere. It's not telling us what's happening on the ground. And of course, we got the brave hurricane hunters that fly around and into the storm. Uh, but, you know, a lot of folks uh, keep thinking, well, you know, and like you mentioned a moment ago, that, you know, hurricanes affect the coastal areas. That's true. They got to keep in mind, some of these storms travel well inland. I mean, look, look at Hurricane Hugo back in 1989 that hit uh, Charleston, South Carolina. It was still a Cat 1 hurricane when it got to the western side of North Carolina. It was still a strong tropical storm when it moved into Ohio. So uh, <laughs> these things can travel a long ways. But, you know, with all the technology, what role does amateur radio still play with hurricanes? Just like with your local Skywarn program, we need spotters, people who can give ground truth data reports, you know, what's going on on the ground. You know, these weather satellites orbit the Earth at over 22,000 miles trying to give the forecasters an idea of what's going on at ground level. 
Doppler radar it scans the atmosphere trying to figure out what's going on at ground level. The hurricane hunters fly in and around you drop, using our drop signs and other types of electronic equipment trying to figure out what's going on at ground level. So if we have people who are already at the ground have measured weather data or even estimated, and can also give us the damage reports, storm surge, and willing to share that information with the forecasters, guess what? The forecasters want that because they don't have to do any guessing. They've already got the evidence right there. So um, nothing beats the human eye that the good Lord gave us. And the Hurricane Watch Network will always be ready to receive those ground truth reports and forward them directly to the National Hurricane Center by, by way of WX4NHC, uh, who is stationed right there in the Hurricane Center. And, of course, we've also been providing over the past uh, six years uh, situational awareness of these landfalling hurricanes to FEMA, uh, U.S. Army, and Air Force Mars, who force that data uh, to the Department of Defense. And we're also providing awareness to the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, and, of course, many other government and non-government agencies. Now, we'll, we're going to let Rob tell us a little bit about the uh, voice over IP uh, hurricane net. For the Hurricane Watch Net, you're on HF, so uh, tell everybody uh, just a, a synopsis of, of what the Hurricane Net or the Hurricane Watch Net is um, and, and how you would turn in data um, if you're a ham and you have some, um, some data from a train spotter. Yes, so um, on oh, the VOIP... That was, her- for Bo- that, was, that was for Bobby, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. And then we'll, then, then you're going to get the same thing with uh, VOIP, uh, Rob. Okay, okay, I missed part of your question there, but I believe you asked where they could reach us at. Yeah, we operate on uh, um, four, on uh, 20 meters at uh, on 14.325 megahertz. That's where we've been since our foundation... However, uh, the past uh, seven or eight years now, being at this thing like never-ending solar minimum, uh, the 20-meter band is just about, most days have been absolutely useless. So uh, in 2013, when I became that manager, I officially made our net a 24-hour net. So that uh, during the daytime, we work on 20 meters. At nighttime, we'll switch over on the 40-meter band of 72, 68 megahertz and uh, operate as long as we can at nighttime there. And as we've been having to do the past few years, we've been operating uh, both frequencies uh, simultaneously. So um, hopefully uh, uh, solar conditions will improve and we'll start getting some better propagation on, uh, on the 20-meter band as well. And, and that's a, a cool thing to listen to as well because you can just kind of you know sit back and listen and, and kind of get a feel for what's going on. And then by all means, if you have crane spotter information, you can uh, – can jump in there at the appropriate time and and pass that along so yeah let's go over to rob now rob you don't have a a, a, an even numbered year anniversary like everybody else so i I feel like i'm leaving you out here but but you're in charge of the voip net so let's talk a little bit about that the same kind of the same question how how does the voip hurricane net work and how's that information gathered and, and provided to the National Hurricane Center. Yes, so um, on the VOIP Hurricane Net, we use Echolink and IRLP and link them together into one network to uh, uh, help communicate uh, with a lot of amateur operators that wouldn't necessarily uh, be able to be gotten with if they don't have a uh, HF capability or ability to get on uh, with the general or higher class license for HF. Uh, and even though it's based through the Internet and certainly, you know, with situations like Hurricane Michael in the panhandle of Florida, uh, with uh, um, uh, Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas, the Internet is not going to be viable. There are other cases where the Internet is up and it allows for communications and uh, relaying of surface reporting using the typical Skywarn criteria of the Weather Service offices to get reports into Julio Rapol and, and his uh, team at WX4NHC at the uh, uh, Hurricane Center, the amateur radio station there. Um, so... We, we have a report form that we can send reports on. WX4NHC monitors us directly. A couple of examples that I can uh, use include the um, 
a couple of years ago during Hurricane Maria. A number of reports in Dominica were relayed from an amateur operator in St. Lucia who had Echolink capability and had VHF contact with the uh, island of Dominica. Uh, and that allowed a, a vital information to come through. We also you will use modern forms of social media and try to reach out to non-amateur radio spotters and sources for information. Um, there's the stormcarib.com, a storm blogging site uh, that also has uh, uh, information. So we try to use all the resources we can uh, to gather uh, surface reports during uh, hurricanes and uh um, that's that's what we do, and and sometimes it's there when you know HF conditions are poor. But like I said, on the flip side, you know there's times where the internet's just not going to hold up, like in Hurricane Michael uh, down in the, in the Panhandle of Florida or Dorian with the Bahamas. So we're all complementary, working uh, together and using any and all means, uh, amateur radio via its its ubiquitous ways to communicate. And I, like I said, also using social media and the modern forms of it and so forth and a lot of the online weather stations and such to relay information into the Hurricane Center. Very good, Rob. And, yeah, you, you always want to have multiple paths uh, because you just don't know what, what's going to be available. And um, it's great that you have that capability. And, um, you know, HF may not be possible, so... Uh, we've got both. We've got the the HF with the Hurricane WatchNet. We've got uh, Voice over IP. Uh, so we're using Internet and, and VHF and UHF to to get there. And you all do a fabulous job with that. And thank you for uh, all the work that you do to to make all that happen. Well, it's time for a break. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back and we'll talk a little more and we'll take your calls and comments at 859-982-7373 or uh, tweet us at HamTalkLive. Or if you're on Spreaker, you can uh, type into the comments and uh, we'll be back after this word from Tower Electronics right here on HamTalkLive. Jerry, what's up, man? I haven't seen you at Sunbucks in a while. I used to see you every morning getting coffee. What's up? Well, I can't afford Sunbucks five days a week anymore. I had to spend my money on PL259s. You know, those antenna projects I've been meaning to do. I had to do them before my HOA finds out I have antennas. That's too bad, Jerry. I miss seeing you and catching up over coffee. You should get your PL259s from Tower Electronics. They have great stuff. Jerry, you're back. Oh, QRM Heterodyne Frappuccino. That's a good choice. How's it going? Did you get all those antennas up before the HOA police showed up? Yeah, I got them all done. Thanks for telling me about Tower Electronics. Now I can have my coffee. I just saved a bunch of money on my PL259s by switching to Tower Electronics. Don't get caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com or at a HamFest near you. Or give them a call at 920-435-2973. And be sure to pick up some power poles, adapters, and cables, too. Nominations are now open for the Amateur Radio Newsline, Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, Young Ham of the Year Award. I'm Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Since 1986, we've had the honor of celebrating the accomplishments of youth in ham radio, and we want to know about your exceptional young ham. You'll find the rules and a nominating form by clicking the YHOTY tab on arnewsline.org. Fill it out, send it in, and we'll see you and an amazing young ham at the Huntsville, Alabama Ham Fest in August. Thanks, and 73 from Amateur Radio Newsline. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. You're listening to Ham Talk Live.
Welcome back to Ham Talk Live in these challenging times now more than ever. We're all in this together with Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics. They're sponsoring the show tonight. We thank them for their efforts and we look forward to them being back out on the Hamfest tour soon. But in the meantime, look them up online at pl-259.com. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at hamtalklive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now is the time for your calls. So if you have a question for our panel, give us a call at 859-982-7373 or tweet us at HamTalkLive. If you're listening to us on the podcast edition or on WTWW, uh, we're not live. We're, we're Memorex, so you won't be able to... Uh, to chime in uh, online here. We do have some comments online we'll get to here in a minute, and I believe something came in on on Twitter, so let me uh, check that here in a moment. But, um, Lloyd, you mentioned something during uh, the break about uh, Winlink, so uh, why don't you mention Winlink here uh, before we get into that? Well, my mention is, um, I'm remembering over the decades of uh, Skywarn and uh, service to uh, National Weather Service offices and especially National Hurricane Center, uh, technology has certainly changed a lot. Uh, and we mentioned in my first segment, uh, automatic packet reporting system uh, was not so so much going back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Windlink certainly was a dream but not reality, and, and uh, I don't know when Julio has inst- in, uh, installed Winlink in the um, EOC there, but now it's uh, pretty much an uh, annual test. I'll send them a Winlink message just to make sure they got it, and they reply that they did. So Winlink has come aboard, and WS Chat lets us get directly into the Weather Service offices. So there's plenty of uh, opportunity for communication uh, and uh, again, uh, if you're not a part of the local Skywarn program, uh, and if you want to be involved in uh, Hurricane WatchNet or the Hurricane Skywarn Net, uh, please reach out to those the leadership uh, from both of those nets. Uh, join your local Skywarn program. Get the training. There is training available. You may not get a spotter card, but you certainly can get training. Uh, in Skywarn programs and uh, beef up your communication skills because you never know when you're going to need them. Well said. 859-982-7373 is the phone number. And we do have a couple of things that have come in online. Uh, First of all, this one's going to Bobby. Uh, Chris Stinson, KC8YTK, in Charleston, South Carolina, says, Got to say, I was inspired at age five by a Hurricane WatchNet operator featured on, uh, featured for a hot second on an episode of Nova on PBS about hurricanes, and that aired in 1989, and now he's a ham. You, well, fantastic. That's, that's good news. Remember but, uh, that episode by chance? Actually, I, I don't remember seeing that, but uh, uh, in 1988, I uh, not long had uh, gotten my ham license, and I was just a technician license at the time, and I was traveling uh, through uh, the middle part of Tennessee working on uh, medical equipment. And I had a, a Kenwood TS440 I was taking with me. And throughout the day, I've been working a little bit of 10 meters. And then I got to thinking, you know, what is in store for me when I get upgraded to general class license or higher? So I started dialing around the 20-meter hand band and came across uh, 14325 and heard a gentleman down in Panama City Beach, Florida. Julio on the who I'm talking about. Uh, Don K, Colonel Don K, K0IND. And he was uh, working some stations in on the island of Jamaica. This was when Hurricane Gilbert was coming across. 
very strong Category 4, almost Cat 5 at the time, and just devastated the island of uh, Jamaica. And I was listening. I said, you know, I would one day <laughs> love to be uh, a part of that organization and uh, uh, maybe be able to uh, be a good net control operator like that guy. And then later on that day, uh, uh, the weather was bad then uh, where I was at in Arkansas and turned around on two meters and came across a Skywarn net and uh, uh, learned a little bit about that. And that, was, that pretty much sold me on uh, getting into the weather part. Uh, lo and behold, I didn't know that uh, uh, a few years later uh, that I would be joining the Hurricane Watch Net and uh, uh, never even dreamed of being where I'm at now. But it's um uh, way I look at it, and I think all the guys here on the uh, uh, program here tonight, uh, we, we don't do it because, you know, this is part of the hobby. Anybody says, well, emergency service is a hobby. If that's your my idea, I, I think you need to refine your definition of things. Uh, to me, I think what we're doing is more of a ministry. We're trying to help people in their time of need before, during, and even after uh, these hurricane disasters. Well said, and uh, and Chris says uh, thanks for uh, acknowledging the comment, and uh, he's going to see if he can find a clip of that show. But it was uh, from Hurricane Gilbert. Uh, that was the the one the hurricane that was profiled in that show. So uh, so thanks, Chris, for uh, for the comments there. Um, and we've got a question here, and let me throw this over to uh, Rob. Um, this is from Endoff. N6 UTC or MW1BQO, whichever place he happens to be at the time. Uh, and uh, Endoff wants to know Does the National Hurricane Center have digital voice and the capability to connect to wires X, D star reflectors, and is the uh, VoIP WeatherNet available on Fusion or D star, that kind of thing? So, um, so I think we'll go around the horn a little bit with Julio and Lloyd on on this uh, as well. But um, uh, we have done, we've been trying to do some more work to interface some of the more the digital modes, such as DSTAR and DMR, into our network. We've even we've actually had a, a network through QuadNet that, but we have not been able to kind of link the two together. And it's not a technical reason; it's just a lot of angst around digital voice versus analog voice capabilities and 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 actually linking those together um we have done a little bit of work um with dmr and having it connected we actually had it at times connected um during the um the 2018 um hurricane season um but last year we had to basically monitor them to them both independently um from a d-star perspective i'll let um Julio talk a little bit about um, DRATs and some work that and and how they've managed to get information from DSTAR that way, and then we can finish up with Lloyd, who could talk a little bit more about some of the capabilities of QuadNet and some of the other linking that he's done with YRES um, and uh, with um, with YRES and with AllStar um, as some more capability there. But I'll let Julio go with the, on DRATs. Okay, I guess I'm on. Oh. Yep, go ahead, Julio. <laughs> All right, I wasn't sure. Anyway, real quickly, uh, yes, we do monitor Windlink. Uh, in fact, our first Windlink uh, surface report activity was 2005 Hurricane Adrian, and uh, we were monitoring a sailboat near El Salvador. And we had no surface reports. There were no weather radars. The satellite, uh, the I had clouded over. They had no visibility of the eye location. And Dr. Rick Nab, was the uh, head forecaster at the time, this is before he was director, said, where are you getting this data from? You're getting weather data from a weather equipment and it was a sailboat a group of sailboats that were anchored somewhere near El Salvador well those ham radio reports came through Windlink HF Windlink and it got to me and got to the hurricane center and it changed the track of the hurricane and the hurricane after they had forecasted landing in a certain location 
actually landed in a different country. I mean, that that was a major, major difference there. So that that's Windlink. We do monitor that. Uh, if you have any surface reports, WX4NHC at uh, windlink.org. And um, anyway, so that's that. And I just want to emphasize, this is all teamwork. There's no one individual group or person or anything. It's a bunch of teams, Hurricane WatchNet, the VOIP, Hurricane Net, and of course, the most valuable, the stations on the ground being affected by the hurricane. And then the relay stations all over the country, all over the Caribbean, Central America, and even South America. They're very important to relay those reports back to us. Sometimes we don't have, uh, like Bobby said, uh, HF has not been very good recently. So we we rely on that. Uh, digital modes, we do a bunch, but we can't do them all. We don't have enough operators, equipment, and space to do everything. So we love the VYP net that kind of consolidates all these different digital modes and then brings us the reports so they have all these net controls and operators putting this all together and then we have one or two operators at the hurricane center and we just can't handle you know 12 different modes and frequencies at one time so that's the basic uh synopsis there go go ahead neil okay and and let's throw it over to lloyd lloyd you want to talk a little more about uh some of those other modes, I know uh, Rob mentioned All Star and, and some other things. So you want to finish that up? I'd like to uh, just mention the uh, Echo Link uh, seven two zero three is our primary conference. Uh, IRLP nine two one nine is our primary IRLP. There are others. There's some listen only nodes, and we appreciate people to go to the listen only nodes if they're not actively involved. Uh, All-Star 28848, 28848 on All-Star is uh, my node in the cloud, which ties to KC5FM-R. Uh, and during uh, VOIP activations, we will uh, put that node into the mix with Echo Link and IROP. Uh, QuadNet um, that uh, Rob mentioned, QuadNet has a, a, a two-call sign for um, D-Star, just WXNet, and people on QuadNet are, can monitor that. I don't have equipment to monitor everything, just like National Hurricane Center doesn't. I am on D-Star, uh, and I do monitor QuadNet when I can, but uh, this is a commercial now for if you're interested in volunteering on VOIP, talk to Rod, uh, talk to Bobby for Hurricane WatchNet, uh, talk to your local emergency manager or the local weather forecast office for Skywarn opportunities in your area. All right, very good. Uh, we've got a few more coming in here online, and I know we were talking about this actually before the show, and I'm not sure who we want to throw this to, uh, so I'll just throw it out there. Uh, John W4USF says, is this next hurricane season expected to be very active? And what supplies should you have for hurricane season? And and uh, toilet paper and hand sanitizer, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you can find it. <laughs> and don't All right, who wants to take that? The- maybe, maybe I'll just jump in on the, the – I'll let Bobby speak to preparedness. Um, and preparedness shouldn't be when the hurricane watch gets issued. It should be you know, far in advance of that. And, yes, hand sanitizer and toilet paper as well given the pandemic. But both Penn State and Colorado State universities um, are predicting an above-normal season. And I've seen some other – forecasters and outlets doing the same and the NOAA outlook should be out within the next couple of weeks as well and I imagine they will also be forecasting an above normal season and Bobby I'll let you speak more on the uh, preparedness side and anything you want to add on the the, the seasonal forecasts yeah um, funny you mentioned the uh, uh, different forecasts uh, April 2nd uh, Dr. Glock's back from Colorado State uh, on April 2nd, he said uh, he's, he's forecasting 16 named storms, eight to become hurricanes, or those to become major hurricanes, which is uh, Category 3 or higher. 
tropical storm risk on April 7th uh, issued basically the same forecast. Arizona, uh, the University of Arizona, April 13th, are they're forecasting 19 named storms. Ten become hurricanes. Five of those become major hurricanes. And North Carolina State, uh, April 17th, they're forecasting anywhere between 18 to 22 named storms. Eight to 11 becoming hurricanes and three to five uh, becoming major hurricanes. Uh, for preparedness, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hwn.org. And down at the bottom of the screen, we'll have a uh, link that says preparedness. And I think there's even one on the left side navigation bar. And from there, we have some uh, downloadable uh, PDF files that uh, actually come from FEMA. They're just sort of a quick link to YUM where you can have a Mercy family plan, Mercy supply checklist, uh, even some other uh, things where you can um, uh, dive in deeper as to certain things you need to check on, like insurance coverage. Make sure you have enough insurance for your home. Um, things to possibly do to uh, make your home stronger, uh, safe rooms, uh, things of that nature. So, um, and if you have some friends that uh, speak Spanish only, uh, some of those uh, uh, files are in uh, uh, in Spanish as well. So check that out, uh, hwn.org. Very good. And Chris A. Four CB says light bulbs in case you lose power. <laughs> and go ahead, whoever was <laughs> chiming in there. I go was ahead. going. Going to chime in with FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA.gov slash ready, uh, has a website for preparedness, redcross.org, has a website for preparedness. I'd like to mention both of those and encourage your listeners, prepare now for what will happen. Don't wait until uh, you are asked to evacuate. Uh, have your evacuation route planned out ahead of time. Have your extra gas available to take with you. Uh, if you have pets, have a plan for pets. If you're going to evacuate with your pets, check out the pet-friendly hotels that you're going to be able to go to uh, along the route. Plan now what you're going to do rather than wait for it to happen, and then you have to do it. Please. Okay, and John uh, says, says uh, I'm moving back to Indiana. So, so John, <laughs> we'll welcome you back. Uh, okay, uh, a couple more here. Uh, Chris again, um, and I think we, we hit some of this, but let, let's do it again, Rob. Uh, how can we follow, find, and submit reports um, on the Voice Over IP net? Rob? Yes. So um, the the um, like Lloyd pointed out, we have IRLP reflector nine two one nine and the star WX underscore talk star echo link conference node seven two zero three. If you're in the affected area in a coastal area uh, in hurricanes, that's where you go to and uh, give us your reports uh, on air and uh, we can get the reports uh into WX4NHC. If you can access the net, we do have our Facebook and Twitter feeds uh, and their VOIP WXNet. You can send and post information there for us uh, as well if for some reason you can't reach um, our our system. Um, so th- there are some of the examples to, to reach us on the VOIP hurricane net uh, side. Um, uh, we also have a number of listen-only nodes that Lloyd mentions, though, again, they are listen-only. So from a voice perspective, you'd, you, you would not be able to reach us, though you would be able to listen to our net in, those, um, uh, in that path. So that's some of the uh, ways to uh, connect to us on the hurricane net. And I would mention the voipwx.net website voipwx.net website listens our primary nodes and listens our listen only nodes especially during activation so uh, look to the website for that information please okay there you go chris um i'm thinking maybe julio on this one uh dennis um and oh I need to scroll up and find Dennis's call here. Uh, Dennis is K8DLH over in uh, Port Ritchie, Florida. Um, says, what connections do you have uh, with us on the Gulf side uh, that go through Ruskin? 
um, the National Weather Service there. I actually know where that is. I've been there. Um, he's a net control operator for Pasco County. Okay, very good. Well, uh, on the golf course, here again, you can, depending on what equipment you have, what modes you run, you can actually check in with us on the HF uh, hurricane watch net frequency. You can also do the VOIP echo link or IRLP net, whatever digital mode. And then if uh, you can also participate in what they call SARNET, S-A-R-N-E-T. SARNET is basically linking, we linked about 27 repeaters, VHF and UHF. Actually, they're mostly UHF, all the way from Key West to Tallahassee, and it's mostly the EOCs, but anyone is welcome on there. During hurricanes, uh, it is a controlled uh, net frequency for all of those repeaters, and we do speak directly to EOCs via the SARnet network, uh, which is sponsored by Florida DOT. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Very good. Well, I think we are caught up. Let me check here, and we're a little bit over time here, so we'll finish things up. But, yeah, I think we've got all the the questions and comments in. So uh, let's just go around to everybody one last time uh, for any closing comments, and we'll, we'll go with Bobby first. Well, first of all, it's good to be here tonight, uh, Neil, and I uh, uh, hope everyone stays safe. This uh, COVID is going around, uh, but uh, at the same time, now is the time to start preparing. Uh, don't wait for the last minute. Uh, uh, like Lloyd said, if you're in a hurricane-prone area, learn what, uh, where your um, uh, evacuation routes are. If you're not able to evacuate, uh, especially for those that are in the uh, lower part of Florida, learn where your um, uh, storm shelters are. And learn what their capabilities are. Uh, keep plenty of uh, if you, if you, uh, make sure you have something to keep your meds uh, refrigerator with. Should you have to evacuate and uh, copies of your insurance forms, things of that nature. And uh, there's a bunch of other things I could go into, but <laughs> for a limited time. The uh, main thing is uh, just stay aware uh, and uh, don't wait to the last minute to uh, make a decision on what what you need to do. All right, thank you, Bobby Julio. Well. Uh, being that I've lived in Miami, uh, God, 55 years now, something like that, and um, been through probably a dozen hurricanes, including Hurricane Andrew, which blew off half the roof of my house, I can tell you, you can't prepare enough or soon enough. Uh, if you live in a hurricane-affected area, definitely plan ahead. Uh, make sure you fill up your cars with gasoline, not the day before a hurricane is going to make landfall. And that's what happens in Miami Uh, very often. You see the very long lines of cars waiting to get gas, and and then the water is out of supply. Uh, We haven't had a problem with toilet paper with hurricanes uh, before, but I don't know uh, know, the, the mindset now. But this hurricane season is going to be a very serious one. They're predicting about 140% above average. Uh, and here again, it only takes one hurricane to ruin your year. It depends where it hits. So prepare early, prepare well. There's plenty of information online. And to compound everything, we have this coronavirus pandemic, which may coincide with hurricane season. And that is the nightmare scenario that we're hoping does not happen go ahead neil all right yeah that's that's not a good combination so we will hope for the best all right uh your turn rob well first off it's great to be on a a panel uh, such as this with bobby and, and julio we definitely missed meeting up at the uh at the hurricane conference uh uh, this year, but uh, we'll see what happens for for next year. Um, also, just just want to comment: now is the time to prepare. Um, don't wait for the hurricane watch or the tropical storm watches, because even the tropical storms can be pretty serious. Um, try to get some preparation done while you can. 
also keeping in mind the pandemic and what that could do to preparations and and maintaining preparation for that while you're going through the um, hurricane season. And then I got to tell you that a lot of the public service um, folks in police, fire, et cetera, are all stressed to the max with the um, with the pandemic. And that means they're going to be stretched even more if a major hurricane is bearing down on a given area. So this is really where amateur radio can shine through with the surface reporting um, that is critical for the National Weather Service, critical in the warning process, really an opportunity for us to make a difference and make a difference even if the communications are still up by allowing and, and providing all those additional sets of eyes and ears and weather stations and other observations that can best be obtained um, through our networks and dealing uh, with, uh, again, the modern social media networks as well. Um, Former director Greg Fugate used to say amateur radio is the inventors of social media because amateur radio is a form of that. And now you have Twitter and Facebook uh, as well and Instagram and all the other social media outlets that we can help manage and also create our own activity within our networks that's that's so important. So just want to mention that. And then I just want to congratulate Julio and team and Bobby and, and team on, uh, on WX4NHC and the Hurricane WatchNet on their tremendous um, anniversaries and public service. They are amazing. And hopefully the VOIP Hurricane Net will get there as well someday. But um, it's amazing public service um, from these uh, great teams of folks looking to um, save lives and property. So just wanted to give them a shout out on their historic uh, anniversaries in amateur radio public service. Well, well said. And Lloyd, you're going to get the last word tonight. And I appreciate you having us on. This is an important topic given Hurricane Preparedness Week. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for Bobby for your hard work on HF. And uh, thanks for all, again, the Skywarn volunteers that really make a difference for the ground truth intelligence to the weather forecast office. And I would like to give a war story on preparedness. Charlie, I think it was, was impacting Key West, and there was a ham radio operator with a walkie-talkie talking on the VOIP net during Charlie. And everything was doing good. He was giving us reports and doing fine. The node was up on battery backup. Everything was fine. And suddenly, the guy quit in mid-sentence. And his battery, apparently, on his walkie-talkie failed so prepare your communications you're not going to talk if you cannot communicate so have a backup Uh, get some clam bake battery uh, cases for your walkie talkies Uh, have a means of of sending something I can send a, a message on APRS I can send a Twitter message that comes out on APRS so figure out uh what you're going to do make a plan Build a kit to support the plan, practice the plan, and then, and only then, are you able to help others. Again, thanks for having us on this panel. All right. Thank you, Lloyd, and thank you all for being here tonight. That's uh, some great information, and it's Hurricane Preparedness Week, and, and we've got to be aware of those things, but also uh, other weather emergencies, you know, that uh, don't affect us here you know way deep into into the uh, continental u.s but um we still see some remnants of those things uh, and get some flooding and that kind of thing and so it's good that we're all aware of some of those things and um and being prepared now if, if we if we had just only known to to be prepared for for toilet paper for a pandemic i don't know where that came from but whatever that's where we are, uh, which is getting better, by the way, at least around here. So, well, we're going to call it a night. That is a wrap for this week's Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Bobby, KB5HAV, Julio, WD4R, Rob, KD1CY, and Lloyd, KC5FM, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and typing in tonight. And I invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And we're going to have open lines next week. We're going to be 
commiserating missing hamvention. Um, we're also going to hear a little bit about what we would have seen and what we would have had um, had we been able to go to hamvention. So um, we will be doing that next week, next Thursday night. So be sure to tune in live at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we're going to take your calls uh, the entire 45 minutes. So uh, make sure you, you've got your, your dialing fingers ready and, and call in and we'll just, we're just going to kind of, kind of console ourselves a little bit about missing hamvention. And uh, for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. That helps other people find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Don't, 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 don't,